Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Coming up this week, applications start going out for guests who might want to join Disney uh, Walt Disney World's Club 33. Redbox is striking back at Disney with a lawsuit of their own, and we're going to discuss a recent article by Steve Porter about the struggle of area attractions to survive under competition from Disney World and Universal. Also, a little later on, we're going to talk about why the heads of audio animatronic figures appear to be falling off at various Disney attractions around the world. All that coming up next. From the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida, this is The Diz Unplugged. This is The Diz Unplugged, episode 974, for the week of January 30th, 2018. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Coming to you live from the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, John Magi. Hi, everybody. Kevin Close. Hello. Teresa Eccles. Hey. Julie Martin. Hey, y'all. And back in the production of our producer, Craig Williams, Ahoy. along with our associate producer, Mr. Rhino Clavin. Hello. And welcome to the show, everybody. Hope you're having a good week. It is good to be back. It's been like 100 years since I've been here. But uh, I, I do have a few things I just want to get to in housekeeping. Number one, a lot of people asking questions about where the Disneyland edition of the Dis Unplugged is. It is coming back. Okay? Just calm down. It is coming back. We are actually working to bring it to video. And I decided that we were going to extend the hiatus. This was my decision to extend the hiatus on the show while we, while we retooled it. We're also working on some other projects Disneyland related. So a lot of Tom's time has been taken up with that. And that was more important right now than doing that show. So I figured these two things together, take an extended hiatus, allow us to work on the show and what we want to do with it and bring it back bigger and better than ever. I don't have a date yet when it's returning. It will be soon. I don't have a date yet, and we will let you know. But that is why the Disneyland show is not up. Everybody's fine. No one's dead. No one's gone. It's not deep state. It's not deep state. <laughs> um, but, you know, and I appreciate that people are upset that, you know, they don't get their Disneyland show. But it's it's time for that show to grow. It's time for that show to change up some. And so uh, we're going to be making a lot of changes to it, but it will be returning soon. So thank you for your patience. Um, speaking of our other shows, just want to give a, a shout out to uh, Dreams Unlimited Travel Show that goes up every Monday. Uh, this week is part two of your Viking River Cruise it is. over Christmas. Yep. You get to meet Sophie this week. Oh, that's right. You recorded it at home. Recorded in our house in front of our Christmas tree. Aww. Aww. So that's... So you're not screwed. <laughs> Um, what did she say? <laughs> I think she said Scrooged. <laughs> and Craig, forgive me. Wednesday is best and worst or dining? Best and best worst. worst. Um, uh, this Wednesday, uh, the best and worst show uh, is actually going to launch um, the new Disneyland edition of the best and worst. So it's going to be the best and worst of Disneyland. Um, and uh, you'll get to meet. Well, you've already met Tyler, but you get to meet his girlfriend, Katrina. Um, and uh, we're going to talk about. Uh, best and worst of Disney World versus Disneyland. So that'll be coming up this Wednesday. Uh, Thursday, the Universal Edition of the Diz Unplugged. Craig and Rhino are going to talk about their uh, experience at the celebration of Harry Potter. Yeah, I know uh, John's really eager to watch and listen to it. He <laughs> Here's Harry my Potter. problem. That's one of the few things I follow on Twitter, and it seemed like every five seconds there was an update from Universal on the celebration. I just couldn't take it anymore. It's like following Oprah. It was like following Oprah. <laughs> I, just, I had to stop for the weekend. It drove me crazy. Sorry. Hey, I understand. I was there. It drove me crazy. <laughs> and uh, connecting with Walt uh, coming up this Friday um, with an interview with Disney historian Jim Corcus. So look forward to that. Uh, also, um, the team and I have been uh, on property uh, this week. We'll be on property all week as we do our the next round of our seven resorts in seven days series you guys have been asking for that for a long time so we're doing all our recording uh in the resorts uh this week um 
I don't think we've set an exact release date for when we're putting these out, Craig. Uh, we haven't set the exact date, but you and I know the exact dates. <clears throat> we do? Oh, yes, we, yeah, do. we do. Oh, God, yeah. Okay. But we didn't tell people yet what the exact date Okay, are. we haven't told you yet, and we're not going to, so. Um, but uh, That was pretty funny. Yeah. Well, because I, I, I have 11 brain cells left, and <laughs> I can't, can only hold so much information. I mean, we can tell. It's, it's not really a surprise. There's going to be a time in March where many members of the team will be gone for about two and a half weeks yeah. in Italy. That's right. And instead of losing out on content. Yep. Going to deliver some. So it'll be in March. They'll be, be going up. But if you're on property this week, take a, you know, come find us. Come find us. I think today we're at... Uh, French Quarter. French Quarter. I got to head over there when we're done. Charles and Tyler are over there doing that now. Then tomorrow is Pop Century. We're doing the Values, Moderates, and Saratoga Springs. We're doing Saratoga Springs this round because Saratoga Springs has gotten zero love. But I actually was at All-Star Movies. On Sunday, and that's I'm not going to tell you. That's the that day of the thunderstorm, right? It was. It, the, the weather wasn't great. The we- weather weather wasn't great, but that's all I'm going to say about my experience in all star movies. Um, if you meet me in person before the show goes up, I'll tell you what I thought. But um, so that's it for me in housekeeping. Uh, anybody else? Anything? My house is clean. <laughs> Nothing. How's the welcome center, Teresa? It's doing good. It's awesome. When are you there to greet people? I am there Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 9 to 5, and Saturday and Sunday, 9 to 4. But we're getting ready to switch that up, and um, we'll be closed Wednesday starting again uh, next week. Riveting. I know. Riveting. Twisty treat still standing. Oh, oh my god! I was actually going to say, oh, and and where's the twisty treat update? Oh, and you no. know, people that stop by are stopping by twisty treat. I should be getting a commission at the at the ice cream cone. But Sending you also people. told me last night you have not been back there. I have not since it opened. Since it opened, I have not been back. It was the excitement in the buildup, oh, but now it's like, okay, out. I drive by. What there. is that great place that we? We'd go to get uh, food. Um, Simply Delicious. Simply Delicious. Simply Delicious, yeah. We were in there we were a couple there? weeks ago. We went over to see them due I, to a I, new I project, have... and we said, let's go to lunch. And they said, well, let's go to this Greek barbecue no. country restaurant. No, no, no. Simply Delicious. <laughs> Greek barbecue. I did not. <laughs> we all, I said, no. She goes, but we go to the Simply Delicious all the time. I said, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. And, no, Simply Delicious. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. At Cocoa Beach. What do you get? Rib souvlaki? What do you get at that country Greek <laughs> restaurant? Cornbread. <laughs> Greek country restaurant? No, I, I suggested a country restaurant and a Greek oh. restaurant. Oh, they were different. I they were different after She said, let's go someplace else. No. All right. <laughs> Anything else in housekeeping? Okay, let's get started with the news because we have a guest waiting to join us. The first story up, John. All right. Red Box Defense claims Disney is restraining competition to favor new streaming service. A Disney lawsuit. Why do you always get louder when you do, do the do news that? than when you're doing my checks? Because Craig's back there scrambling. Because <laughs> I put on my announcer voice. I put on my newscaster voice. All right, coming in. Disney lawsuit. It's really good. Hey, that was a little laugh in there. That was a little laughing. A Disney. I'll be Teresa. A Disney lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> How's Jack doing? Is Jack still there with us? Yeah, he's All still right. hanging in. Hello, Mr. President. A Disney lawsuit aimed at Redbox has just become more complex as a defense takes an aggressive stance and makes allegations of copyright misuse by the media giant in an effort to weaken competitors. Not only is the suit wandering into unexplored legal territory, it is also colored by the context of Disney's purchase of 21st Century Fox properties and upcoming streaming service. Arguments for the defense are attempting to prove that Disney should not be granted a preliminary injunction. Redbox claims that Disney intends to, quote, stifle competition to more smoothly launch Disney's own digital content streaming service. Maximize the price other services like iTunes and Amazon pay for Disney movies and secure a greater market share for Hulu. Arguments on both sides are complicated, but here's the general issue at play. Are you ready, Teresa? I'm ready. You wake. Disney sells a number of combo packs, collections including a Blu-ray disc, DVD, digital download code. 
The download code, marked not for sale or transfer, allows purchasers to redeem digital downloads of Disney content from authorized outlets and is the primary reason for the suit. Redbox uh, purchases these combo packs, then disassembles them and offers each element separately, including the download codes uh, from its automated kiosks. Disney makes the argument that this is both a breach of contract uh, regarding the combo pack terms of sale as well as copyright infringement. Under this argument, a Redbox customer using the purchase codes would technically be violating the law. That's as much as I'm going to read. Yeah. Thank now, you. <laughs> you're welcome. Now, in not only is Redbox responding to this in what John said, but also they just filed a countersuit against Disney. Um, so they're being very, very aggressive about this. And this is being watched by a lot of people because this is really unexplored legal territory in terms of, you know, digital streaming, digital downloads. So a lot of, uh, especially a lot of Hollywood is paying attention to this, but it is kind of convoluted. So we've asked our good friend and legal expert and lawyer uh, par excellence, uh, Mr. Jack Bergen, to uh, join us uh, via Skype. How are you, Jack? Very good. How are you all? Doing good. Doing good. So can you help untangle some of this for us? Because it's, it really is a convoluted lawsuit, but it's an important one. Well, and this is probably the first time anybody's ever heard the phrase copyright misuse in quite a while. Um, <clears throat> here's what I understand is going on. Of course, we all know Redbox, like John said, has, uh, you know, physical copies of the disc that they sell for the movies or they rent for the movies, rather. So you go to the Redbox, you pick up the disc and then you return it after you've watched it or maybe you haven't watched it. Who knows? Uh, in addition uh, Redbox buys those disc retail, and as you know, most of us know, when you buy a combo pack, you get a Blu-ray, you get a DVD, or you get a uh, little sheet that gives you a download code. So that if you're like me and you want to store everything on a hard disk somewhere, you can download a copy of the movie in addition to having the uh, hard disks. And so what Redbox has been doing is selling that download code to uh, customers separate from the Blu-ray pack. And that is what Disney is attacking, is saying that violates their copyright. Uh, Disney's argument relies upon the license it says is included in this combo pack. Uh, when you, as I think John mentioned this, the, the Disney alleges that the outside of the combo pack says that the codes are not for sale or transfer. Uh, Redbox fires back saying, well, that's not really on all of the boxes, uh, but nevertheless, the license inside the, bo the document, uh, the, the combo pack, uh, includes a uh, limitation on being able to sell the codes separate from the Blu-ray combo pack. So the question is whether Redbox is enabling the customers in violating Disney's com uh, copyright because um, copyright law is the ability to exclude uh, the unlawful making of copies of artistic works. Uh, if, you know, some of us are old enough to remember that when CDs first came out, not all of us had copies of the CDs that we could play. Not all of us had CD players in our cars. So we would make a cassette of the CD, or better yet, we'd, you know, take an album and make a copy of the cassette so we could play it in our car. That's a copy. And for a while, before it became so popular, uh, the record players took the position that that was an unlawful copy of their album or CD. Of course, we now all do that by permission. I think one of the things Disney points out here is if you download the code, if you use this download code lawfully, you're allowed up to 10 different copies of the uh, movie on the various devices for you and your family. So Kevin can have one, John can have one, Sophie can have one on whatever devices they own. Uh, of course, everybody remembers who Sophie is. Um, of course. So what Redbox, and, and that's the basic element of Disney's copyright argument, is that uh, Redbox shouldn't be unbundling the code 
from the disk. And and I think that's where the rub is uh, with Redbox in this, because Disney is focusing almost solely on this download code. Now, as we've talked about previously, Disney is getting ready to launch their own streaming service. Um, Redbox is saying that they're trying to uh, basically uh, uh, unlawfully exercise copyright law in order to stifle their competition for their for their own <clears throat> own streaming channel. And of course in Hollywood right now, online streaming is the big thing. Everybody's trying to position. This is why Netflix and Amazon, Apple and all these other companies are investing literally billions and billions of dollars in developing exclusive shows, movies, things of that nature. So streaming is the next big frontier and um, that is why Redbox is saying Disney is being so aggressive and of course you know it stands to hurt Redbox if they lose this they lose this lawsuit do you think that do you think there's any merit to Redbox's argument is Disney in the right here or well I I have a little familiarity familiarity with copyright misuse <laughs> uh, it sounds a lot more sexy than it really is uh, it is a very. It, it doesn't. Limited, it doesn't sound sexy, I Jeff. I don't think that's possible for lawyers. I mean, maybe you that's might sexy not talk. Be using that word right. <laughs> <laughs> maybe for lawyers, it's sexy talk, but um, for the rest of us, not so much. <laughs> well, let's let's talk a little bit about what copyright misuse is. But but but, but well, the first, let's talk about what Redbox is arguing. Redbox is trying to say that Disney is unlawfully tying the digital code to the physical media, the disc. Uh, Disney responds by saying, no, it's, it's all one medium. You know, it's, it might be a separate, you know, physical location on your hard drive from the disc, but legally speaking, we're still hold the copyright in the same, uh, movie copyright misuse. Uh, if carried to the extreme that Redbox is pushing, it would essentially do away with copyright laws. Copyright misuse is designed to prevent copyright holders from taking advantage of their copyright and extending that right beyond what's lawful. A mm. good example, uh, one company tried to uh, sell its products uh, that were copyrighted by making a condition of the license that the purchaser would not buy products from any other competitor. <laughs> well, that's copyright misuse. Right. It, it'd be like, you know, Pete, you going out and saying, if you're going to watch the Diz Unplugged, you can't watch any other video podcast about Disney. Oh, can can, I, do can I get away with that? Well, <laughs> probably you not. You can try. <laughs> Jack, I have a question. I, as the individual, buys this set and I have this code. Do I own the code? <laughs> Or is it still Disney's code, and I'm just using it to get the download? Disney owns the copyright. You are licensed to watch the movie. You own nothing. Yeah. You don't. You you own the physical media, the disc. You Not don't what's own on what's it. on the disc. By like token, you might own the piece of paper on which the code is presented. So, so Redbox doesn't have any claim to say they bought this code and can do whatever they want with it. Right. Well, that I, gets I, into their second argument. Okay. Is that, I'm going to compare it to something else. This seems very similar to ebooks. That yes. you're not actually buying anything other than the right to read the book. Correct. And people That's have exactly been right. complaining since they first started that if I buy the hardcover book, I can then loan it to Teresa. And that why can't I loan her the electronic version? And this is why everybody is paying such careful attention to this lawsuit, because it's going to have, depending on which way it goes, it's going to have far-reaching impact on all digital licensing. If Redbox wins this, it is going to completely upend the digital licensing model. Am I overselling that, Jack? Not really, no. Um, so that is why this is so such a big story. I know it kind of gets lost in the legalese and and that stuff, but you know this is a this could be a landmark case if Redbox wins this. And I don't think you know right now my money's on Disney. I don't think Redbox is going to win this. I think Disney's in the right. Redbox is in the wrong. But 
if Redbox is able to make an argument that the courts uphold and the courts support, um, it is going to throw everything, everything digital, your eBooks, iTunes, uh, Hulu, Netflix, everything is going to be turned on its head. So that's why I think this is an important story. Um, and I, but it's so convoluted. There's so much going back and forth. But at its at its core, um, you know, Disney stands. Disney and a lot of other copyright holders stand to lose a lot if this is overturned or if this is uh, if, if copyright law is redefined. It's because that's almost what they're trying to do here is redefine copyright law, aren't they? With these arguments, yes. I mean, certainly Redbox is making some other more factual arguments. I'm, I mentioned the. The, the argument that Disney is not really properly asserting the license before the purchaser buys the license. I'm not sure that's a valid argument for Redbox to make. So the court could easily go off and say, I need more proof before I can decide the case. Right now, what it, where the case is, is Disney's filed a, a motion for a preliminary injunction, which I believe will be heard on Monday, February 5. Happy birthday, Bob. And uh, from there, uh, we'll get a ruling from the court. And the court could easily say, I don't have enough proof. So, But yes, if, if the court were to adopt uh, the, the copyright misuse argument by Redbox, it would be awfully difficult for uh, the, the copyright holders to protect their online products. I, I, I just, I, I have a hard time imagining the courts would do that. I really do. I because the, the the implications of it, I mean, the implications of it are are are, are massive to the entertainment now, industry, especially now copyright law. Certainly, as, as Kevin was getting to, copyright law certainly provides that you can sell the physical media to somebody else or give it. You can give your book to Teresa, uh, or you can loan the book to Teresa. That's perfectly lawful. You can loan somebody your electronic copy. If I hand my iPhone to somebody to listen to a piece of music, you know, that's technically a loan of the copyright. That's lawful under what we call the first sale doctrine. That is, if you buy a book, you read it, then you decide, well, I don't need to keep this book, and you take it to a secondhand bookstore. That's perfectly lawful because you're relinquishing ownership of the physical media. Not You don't own the copyright. You have nothing you can sell. By to, to carry that into the Redbox case, you know, you can sell the physical media that the movie came on. Uh, but once you do that, you no longer have an effective license to watch that movie. And if you have a copy of that movie you've downloaded, you are supposed to terminate that uh, copy, you know, delete the copy. Now, and does that does that have any uh, is is Redbox making any argument that because they don't necessarily sell these things, but rent them, that that's somehow a separate distinction? No, as I understand it, Redbox is actually selling the download code. They're selling the download code. You can download yeah. something from that sketchy box out in front of 7-Eleven. I mean, like you can go in. Is the, is well, you, you can get, get, get the code. You can buy the code. That oh. sketchy box in front of 7-Eleven. It's like under a broken streetlight. I'm thinking there are people downloading stuff. My favorite thing is when they have a little curtain and the person goes under the curtain and you think, what are you doing? What's happening? There might be, don't get, I, there, I've never seen a red box, in, oh, I guess there's one in public. But the one near 7-Eleven is, it's around the side of the building, and it's like. Yeah, it is kind of sketchy. Now, but. my question is this. So, um, I purchase a lot of these. I have children. We love Disney movies. But once you use that code, you can't use it again. So, is Redbox creating their own codes? Because, like you said, you can use it on, on different no, they're devices. Bu- they're literally buying in bulk at retail. Okay, they're literally then, buying these okay, combo gotcha. packs and just taking the. Yeah, taking the download used, code out of each one and selling that to you, and Disney saying, eh, eh, okay. "Not allowed to do that." I was confused by that because like you only use it one time. So, <laughs> right. well, Disney's it, engaged in a little bit of uh, what can be perceived as heavy-handed conduct when Disney found out Redbox no. was going to retail <laughs> outlets and buying these Blu-ray combo packs in bulk. Disney found out who they were selling to them and then cut back on the number of combo packs they were selling to that retailer. Mm. I even believe at one point they restricted that retailer that they went to that yes. retailer and said, Is it Walmart? No, I don't. 
I think it's more like a bulk house oh. somewhere retailing, reselling these. But yeah, it was pretty. It's this is like mafiosa, you know. It, it really sheds it it, shed, it sheds a light it sheds a light on the importance. Um, the stakes are very high. The stakes are extremely high. I, I really don't think I don't see a scenario where a court overturns basically copyright law in Redbox's defense. But then again, if they've got good lawyers and they make a, a novel argument, I think many times a lot of laws have been overturned because lawyers have made novel arguments that the court court agreed with. But I think uh, I, I think it's real interesting to see where this is going to go. Um, so you said the fifth, the judge is going to rule on the preliminary injunction. Well, there'll be a hearing on the fifth. Okay, uh, a lot of times the judge might give a good indication from the bench as to how the judge is likely to rule. Because particularly in California, I understand they do this. That encourages the parties to talk settlement and get the case resolved. Well, I'm very interested to see where this goes. And thank you for helping cut through uh, some Crap. of the minutia of this. Because I really do think it's a very important um, important case that Disney's at the center of and uh, may have wide-ranging impact on all of us, depending on which way it goes. So thank you for joining us, Jack. It's always good to see you. Give Kathy good to a see hug y'all. For, I'm always Kathy happy to try and us. help. Thanks, Bye. Jack. Bye. Give Kathy a thank hug you. for us. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll do, Kevin. Thanks. All right. So, do you think he's hugging her and talking to her about copyright misuse? <laughs> <laughs> it's sexy, sexy you know. Yeah. Always good to see Jack. It is. <clears throat> we love Jack. All right. On to our next news story. Applications for membership to Club Thirty Three at Walt Disney World sent to a select few. This is sexy. This is sexy. Select individuals, including residents of Golden Oak, the upscale community near Walt Disney World are now able to apply for membership for the Walt Disney World version of Club 33. Registration costs are said to be upwards of $25,000, with annual dues in the neighborhood of $15,000. Which puts it in line with what Disneyland is charging, and I'm stunned at that. I thought it was going to be more. I thought it was going to be more because it's going to, I'm going to talk about this in a minute, but it's going to be one club in each of the four Disney theme parks. Right. Um, construction has begun at some of the potential locations, including the Adventureland Veranda at the Magic Kingdom, but no locations or an opening date have been confirmed. However, we do know that it's also going to be in the Americas Pavilion. It's going to be that space that they were using for Disney Visa Uh-oh, people. That's going to be the one. In- nice. I hope they have new carpet. But one of the things, <laughs> one of the things I heard that I thought was interesting was that it's possible that these Club 33 locations at Walt Disney World are going to be more like a club, what is it, 1901 in uh, California Adventure. It's going to be really more of a lounge than dining. uh, dining. It's not that, that, that's what these locations are going to be because not all of these places have access to a proper kitchen mm-hmm. to serve full meals. Or the space. I mean, if they do it in the in the thing in American Adventure, that's not big enough to have meals there. They can, serve. Right. And they can also sell a lot more memberships that way. Um, if they don't have to worry about dining reservations. So you just go and say, hang out? That you're able to just go in if you're a member. Because at 1901, least, that's how it is. You don't have to right. make reservations to go in there. I hope there's at least one that's a restaurant. I hope there's going to be at least one location where you can go and actually have a You got your application filled out? Well, the Adventureland Veranda would have access to the kitchen, I think. Right. They would have to use the one from, uh, they'd have to use the kitchen from uh, uh, Skipper's Cantina. Yes. Skipper's Cantina. Um, Cantina. And the one in Hollywood Studios would also have access to the kitchen at the Brown Derby, because that's right above, it would be right above the Brown Derby if, if we're correct on these locations. Um, that was that bar that was never open, right? It used to be open, and they closed it um, years ago. But uh, and, uh, and then Epcot, you're saying America Pavilion, mm-hmm. and then we don't know. I don't think we've heard. I've not heard about studios. Someone out there or, might know. Uh, Animal Kingdom. Animal Kingdom, I mean. Yeah, I. Animal Kingdom, I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of speculation, but no, no solid. Right room in way. the middle of the Serengeti. The lion enclosure. Right in the yeah. lion enclosure, I think yeah. it should be. That'd be perfect. With glass walls so we can all watch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, to answer your question, yes, I put in an initial email when they said send us emails if you want to join. I know that a lot of people out there think this is a ridiculous amount. I agree with Pete compared to what people are paying in California. Also, California has tier levels. If you're in the bottom most membership, you can't get into 1901. You have to have that's the ne- that causes the tiers. <laughs> it's tears. It's the tier level. So you know, know about that. It, nothing in here talks well, about different pricing. Or different it, it doesn't talk about pricing. It doesn't talk about what the perks are going to be. Is it going to be the same perks that they have out in California? Is the are, are these is this membership going to be uh, uh, reciprocal uh, with clubs cool. in? Uh, California and out in Tokyo. So you're supposed to blindly pay this, not knowing what you're going to get? Well, no, 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 no. Obviously, we don't know what the details are. Obviously, before you sign up, you'll be given those details, but they just haven't been released yet. Here's what I understand from what the information has been sort of trickled out. It will not be reciprocal to any other park, which is how it works now. If you're a member of the one in California, it's not reciprocal to Shanghai. Shanghai. However, you can still... You know, you do something and you have a way of making reservations. The other thing is, you do get do something. You do something. It's something magical. Well, that's what I mean by <laughs> that's what I mean by being reciprocal. Not that you become a member of something those clubs, legal. but that you can make uh, dining yes. reservations to eat in Tokyo or Shanghai. You're not a member of each club. You do right. something up by Redbox, and you can get all <laughs> go, go into the shadows. You can apparently download stuff. And then the other thing is, you're going to get four. Uh, annual passes, premium manual passes, the best ones you can get, and there's going to be a special fast pass attached to each one. That's going to give you sort of like ultimate fast pass options. Cool. Mm. So again, this sounds even more appealing. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. I want to see. You know, I, I, I know that they sent like two emails, like one right after I signed up, and then another one like a few months ago. I got an email saying we haven't forgotten about you, basically. Right. Um, but haven't heard anything else. Now that we know that it's gone out to Golden Oak, I'm expecting in the next month or so, those people that have signed up are going to start getting. Do you think they're going to follow the typical affinity group profile? Do you think now maybe it'll be DVC and then Could be. annual pass holder or sort of that sort of release? Could I? ABD just released 2019 River Cruises to those groups. Yeah, because they all fall under the same umbrella. Yeah, they're all under that same. Uh, business development team. That one Golden Oak resident called me to book a, a river cruise. I was a little annoyed. <laughs> you are. You can ask if you can see their But house. those river cruises seem to be selling very well. I, they did very well. They did. I did very well. People are understanding that the the better staterooms, the staterooms you want, the limited staterooms, especially connecting staterooms, they sell pretty quickly. Yeah. The other thing I want to talk about with Club 33 is there's no mention of a corporate level yet. Because I know they have one in California where you could buy a corporate membership. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> You're hoping for the company to pay for it. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping gotcha. for. Um, but it should be should be interesting. I'm excited to see what they. If you get a Club 33 membership, I have a list of things that I want. I'm just telling you now. <laughs> well, I'm sure they'll have their own. Me- oh, you mean uh, you think you'll buy for the same price? Uh-huh. That sounds like a great deal, Kevin. Does it? Boy, we see how the negotiations work in the Magi Close households. Is this retroactive to everything in your closet? And yours. Oh. I'm wearing what's in my closet. Yeah, a black shirt. Oh, look, another black shirt. Yeah. Let me see, which black shirt am I going to wear today? Oh, I'll go with He's this black Steve shirt. He's Steve Jobs today. without the turtleneck? Really? No. We have an electronics Jobs, closet. Whatever. As 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 you do, I'm okay with that. There's nothing wrong with. I'm okay with that, but don't be throwing stones at my closet. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for the official news. All right, yeah. Next, uh, I want to talk about um, this article that Steve wrote that I thought was pretty interesting. Went up yesterday. Um, the struggle to survive in Orlando under Disney and Universal shadow. Um, and in the article, he talks about. Uh, and Steve would be here today, but we've got him. Uh, Tied up. I'm assuming he's just sitting at home right now. Watch wow. Him, no, I haven't. Really? He's, it's no, an extreme he's, graphic. <laughs> like, he's, he's doing something. I've got him doing something. I'm just not remembering what it is. Because, no, I don't know. Because 11 brain cells. So, um, but uh, ta- he, he, the article talks about, you know, he was, and, and what sparked this was that, you know, he just bought a house um, down a little south of here and. Um, he found out that the land, like right near his house, um, this land that now has us like a strip mall and some other stuff, used to be baseball uh, city. B- 
baseball city. Baseball and boardwalk. So here's what well, I think. Baseball. So yeah. again, I know we want to go back to this list and talk about what he thinks is missing. I think it's really cute because it's like this closed in 2002. You know, like it's antiquity. Well, and <laughs> you know? when you're 26, it is. This um, is 40 years old. Can you believe it? <laughs> the way it was 50 <laughs> years ago. 50 years. Surely no. It we can't have be. a building in Orlando. It's an old Firestone tire store, and it's one of our historic buildings. Historic <laughs> landmark. Um, Sorry, go ahead. And he goes in. He goes. He goes on to talk about an article he found in the Orlando Sentinel that listed a lot of the closed attractions that you know just could not keep up. Uh, the Jungle Land Zoo. Now, if I'm not mistaken, the Jungle wasn't this the one on 192 where the where Nala the tiger escaped. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> the tiger, yes. the, the lion, the lion has got out. Yeah, and like all was literally closed down. <laughs> Literally like roaming the streets, and I think you could still see the alligator thing that's out front, right. and that's, it's like a hotel now. It yeah. was like a seedy roadside yeah, it zoo. Bad. It I was, mean. and I I remember going through it once, and being like, oh, "These poor animals! No wonder this thing tried to escape." No. It was like, and now it was like eighty two. <laughs> it was really so. You know, a splendid China was another one. That, but you you see what we're saying? Splendid China was like Lego buildings of monuments in China. Right. But the point being that these were, you know, kitschy uh, attractions that used to really like, you know, command the, the landscape of Florida before Disney came along that have have not survived. All of um, these are, are post Disney. I mean, Splendid China. I've I've lived here since they built and closed. Splendid right. The, China. I, I under, understood the point. That, the point being wasn't. that they probably would not have died uh, uh, the death they died had it not been for the competition. So that's the kind of point. But of, there's I, one, the Wild West one. It says it was open before Disney World, right? Yes. Uh, Six Gun Territory. Yeah. It was a Western theme park open before Disney World in 1963. Ooh, closed in 1984. I'm from um, upstate New York. And we had a place called Frontier Town. Those people in upstate New York are all going, yeah, I remember that. And a place called Catskill Game Farm. We Catskill Game Farm, yeah. They didn't close because of any competition. They closed because people's taste in entertainment changed. Mm -hmm. And I read this article, and I am of the belief that these are not, this is not Disney's universe, Disney Universal's fault. I just think there's not enough people that want to go see little Lego versions of Chinese monuments. Also, location. You know, when you're talking about stuff off of Highway 27, you have to go pretty far down and out. I know the commercials will tell you just minutes away from Disney. It is not just minutes away from Disney. It's far. Gatorland is by our house. Yeah. You know. And boom, it booms. I mean, there's yeah, no spot. Gonna... There's not a spot in the parking lot on on weekends. Yeah, and that's stuff that's more closer towards the international drive side. All those little kitschy things, those are surviving because there's still tourists heading that way. Right, because you've got you've got Fun Spot, for example. Yeah. Exactly. That it's actually, huge. yeah, it does. Huge. It, it does. Huge. Don't ever do that again. Um, <laughs> It does really well. It does. Well, I think it does really well with locals. I, I went recently, just last <laughs> month, just well, this month, January. We have friends who have little passes that their the grandparents give to their children. So they're Ferris and Finley's best friends. Invited us to go because the whole month of January they can invite friends for free, one for each person. So we went, and I really we've only been like maybe one other time, and I was like, oh, I don't know about this. We went with them, and I kind of saw it through her eyes that she's been visiting this place since she was a little girl. And now her kids are enjoying it, and it's not crowded. At least when we were there, so like you feel free to kind of let them walk from ride to ride. Everything's on a smaller scale. Exactly, it is affordable. Yeah, it has. There are some coasters. It's it's a super fun wooden coaster. I mean, like it took my breath away. And (laughs) and 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 therein lies why I wanted to talk about this. Not necessarily to talk about attractions that died, but the ones that haven't, Uh, the ones that have survived, and the ones that we think are. Worthwhile. I've never been to Fun Spot. I can't speak about it. Um, but you know what you're saying. That sounds pretty cool. Um, Gatorland is another one. People who don't live here, they always see that video of the gator walking across the golf course. So they, I think, they assume that we're stepping over them to get to the car. <laughs> people come to Florida to see gators. Right. I've yet to see experience. one. Really? Uh, if you, it used to be if you drove around. Um, 
Kennedy Space Center, you could see a lot of them. I will but, also say this about Gatorland, too. Gatorland, uh, family-owned, and what they did was they invested in this property. Mm-hmm. Well, they had a really bad fire. They did, but they, they could have chose to close down. Right. And now they put in, I mean, things that don't appeal to me, like zip lines. You and, can zip line. Or if you're looking to see a gator in Florida, this is it. And, and as Kevin says, that, that parking lot is packed every day. And it's But it's a, it's a half a day. And, and, you know, another one that... I, I love, I haven't been out there in ages, but, you know, somewhere Kathy Whirling is screaming at her. It's in my head. Her computer going, Kennedy Space Center. Yeah. Kennedy Space Center is awesome. Um, actually, just heading out to the coast, um, it's really cool out in Cocoa Beach, not the least of which because, you know. You spend a whole Eccles. day with me, please do not. Um, and again, this is another place that's reinvested in the attractions, always updated. updating, always making new shows and things. They bring in astronauts. So I think that these places that are alive and vibrant are going to stay alive and vibrant besides Disney. And I think also, that has to go. I apologize. Go ahead. Well, hold on. Keep in mind that up until the Wizarding World of Harry Potter opened, Disney was very successfully destroying the traffic going to Universal. Um, so there is that competition and we all know, especially at Disney, once you're on site, it is kind of hard to leave unless if you're not renting a car, Uber has made it a little more accessible for certain things, a little more, a little less expensive. Um, did we talk about that minivan thing to the airport yet? We We, need to, we need to talk about that when we're done here because, oh my God, what they, they fell and hit the head. Um, but, uh, did you fall so, and bump you? <laughs> the, so, I mean, the, so Disney and Universal, more Disney, so I think, than Universal, really don't want you leaving property. And they do go out of your way. So there is competition, and it does affect these area, these area things. And I wanted to use this time as a way to kind of maybe put a spotlight on some of the things we think are worthwhile. So we're hearing about Fun Spot, Gatorland, Kennedy Space Center. Do you... What about you, Teresa? Is there something that you think... I like iDrive and all the little things you can do on iDrive. The, um, what's the thing we did, Craig? Escape game. Yeah, escape game. Those are popping up all over the place. There's one by the office at work. It's a couple hours, right? I'm going to turn the office into an escape game. You should, yeah. That's <laughs> an hour. Every hour day, Teresa Every. tries to escape. <laughs> I um, do. There's, there's Ripley's is out there. Yeah. Um, Wonderworks. Wonderworks is out there. The Wax. I think, there's, I think there's more people than we than we sort of encompass in what we talk about that are staying off property. I was just going to say, so I think we're, we're surrounded by Disney fans who think that – Orlando ends at the gate that once you leave you're in the suburbs kind of thing you're not there's nothing else to do off property and they're the ones who aren't going to leave but I think there's a huge group of people who stay off property and visit other places in Orlando besides Disney there are I drive is always hopping there's always always people walking up and down the dining is good there's a lot of things to do I mean and I, I think a lot of people are wanting to talk about what's the old attraction that used to be here years ago. In in my childhood, I remember seeing women water skiing on top of their shoulders. And oh, Wiki Wachi. That's Wiki Wachi. Is that Wiki Wachi? Wiki Wachi Springs? No, maybe, isn't it? That's for those Cypress Gardens. Cypress Gardens. Yes, Cypress Gardens. That's where Legoland is now. That yeah. to me was, when I was a kid, that was like, that screamed Florida. Wiki Wachi had the mermaids. Yes, and they still do. They do. They still where do. Where they that. go underwater with the tube mm-hmm. and they don't. They stay underwater. Yeah, um, yeah, but the, the the water skiing See, show to me that's that's Old classic retro y I love that feeling. Down I think a lot of people my age are kind of getting into but that. There's also a, there's also a, a trend towards that now. Mm-hmm. People are going towards retro and sort you want of, that feel good. Right. Down near Miami, well, there was the Monkey Jungle, where you went in and they just had cages and cages and well, cages. We still of have the largest. You have a monkey jungle. Uh, one at a time. One at a time. There was a monkey jungle down there in Miami. We still have the largest drive-through safari, Lion Country Safari, country. where you actually get to drive through. It's down by, um, I want to say Fort Lauderdale, but it's been there since the early seventies. Wow, I had a monkey in my backyard a couple of years ago. Yeah, well, Fort yeah, yes, but Miami, Fort Lauderdale, not <laughs> so exactly, a, not exactly a day trip from from Disney, but Blue Spring State Park. You can see the manatees. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can see them at Disney, but River. seeing them in the wild at yeah. Blue Spring State Park is really cool. You used to be able to go over to the, I don't know if they're still, they might have closed the area, but um, 
the warm runoff from the Tampa Bay Power Building. That's not the right word for it. <laughs> but that the manatees would collect there because the water was warmer. And now those manatees glow in the dark. <laughs> you can see them from miles away. Craig, There's what enough. do you think? Is there something that you... Now they're know? womanatees. Oh, my God. Turn his mic on. I mean, Rhino and I, anytime we talk to people about it, the main thing we say is if you're only staying on property, you are really missing out because Orlando is so it's just unlike any other place. I know every city has its, its cool little aspects to it, but like, I mean, Orlando brewery wise, uh, which is one of my main interests is starting to really boom and just take on its uh, new life of itself, uh, going downtown and eating it's, you will find better food, uh, on Mills 50 and Winter Park than you will find anywhere on property. And that's just that's just a fact. And it's but you can't do that if you're locked on property. I get it. I love Disney too. But like you're not that's not Orlando. If you want to travel, you need to experience Orlando. Winter Park has a museum that I think is spectacular. Oh, it and is. No one ever talks yeah. about yeah. the Charles Hosmer Museum. I love Winter Park. It has Park. a huge collection of Tiffany, including a full-scale Tiffany window taken out of a, a mansion. Right, but I think you know most fa- kids, you know, families with kids, you know, we're not going to the ti- they're not going to go to the Tiffany yeah, Museum. Most but, people my age aren't going hang gliding either. Well, that's you know. true. But the Orlando Science Center, um, yes, also from Winter place. Park, that's is. Fun. A great place they're always doing. Yeah, they're always doing stuff. The idea being that there is a lot outside of the gates of either Disney or Universal that is worth considering and checking out. This is especially true if you are somebody uh, who comes once, twice, three times a year. You've been doing this for a while, and if you know your vacations are starting to feel a little staid and a little repetitive, um, kind of. Because, I mean, Disney does create that bubble. This is the progression we say we see in our clients. We see people who are first-timers, and they stay, and then maybe they come next year or, or stay every two years because that's what they can afford. But then as people come every year for several years in a row, they're asking us, what else is there to do? What can I see? Where should I go outside to eat especially? That's a big thing. Where can I go offside? Of this Disney is my family's progression. We came in the 70s and went every year to Walt Disney World. And then we decided that we were going to stay off property. And we explored Orlando and moved here because we loved Orlando. Mm -hmm. Not just Disney, but that's the progression we took. I just started it when I was really, really young. I've got a client who just did airboat rides. They were out and had an extra day and loved it. Came out. Walter talked about a place called Wild Orlando. This sounds like it. This sounds horrifying to me. That's my backyard. It, well, and there's <laughs> zip lining and stuff like that, but yeah. that's out in St. Cloud. Yeah. Yeah. So lots of places to uh, to go. I do. Uh, just watching the time here mm-hmm. before we get to rapid fire, I do want to throw in this uh, the addition, uh, the minivan service, which is Disney's answer to Uber. Basically, they've been offering this service where you can uh, get around property with private private vehicle, kind of Uber style. Uh, it's been well received and they have decided to expand this. They're testing it out, I believe, at a couple of uh, club level locations right now where they're doing transfers to the airport. And okay, that kind of makes sense. But then I saw the price. They're charging for it. One, Yeah. <laughs> but they're charging $150 each way. It's crazy. One way? One way. Am I correct on that? Yes. And I actually, we talked about this back, I believe the episode was November 27th, when uh, we talked about, well, no, I I just, I looked it up uh, last week when they announced this, because I knew that, I I said at one point during the show, I asked you if you think that they would ever start going to the airport, and so that way get people excited that they could wait uh, all the way up to the last minute and have as much time in their park and uh, not have to rush to get to Magical Express, and they can just take the minivan. And you agreed with it that they would do that, but I I laughed because I was like, oh, you know, Disney will probably do it for like forty bucks. That well, makes I would sense. Think if you're saying that. Club Wolf, well, it should be free. Well, it should be part and for of one hundred and fifty your... bucks, John, and I'll come get you. <laughs> well, is... the thing is, is that virtually every transportation company in Orlando 
Uh, I'll speak to FL Tours because they're an official sponsor of our site. Um, I believe it's around $100 round trip. And they include like a a 30-minute grocery grocery stop and all this other stuff. So why you would pay $150 one way to go from a Walt Disney World resort to Orlando International Airport is utterly and completely beyond me. And one of those tiny little vans. I mean, if you're doing something like FL Tours, they're going to send a nice vehicle. Well, they're going to send, yeah, I mean, they're going to send a sedan or right. a town car. Um, a or, professional driver, they're going to do. And, you know, but some, like sometimes, like when, when I'm traveling, and if there's like, you know, more than just me, it's got to be an SUV because I'm coming with luggage. Yeah. And Well, um, I, I bet the minivans are driven by professional drivers. <laughs> no, too. it's not. The, not the people they find it's, at Redbox. It's not. It's I don't Minnie think. Mouse. It, they but, uh, are driven by cast members specifically trained to, and each one holds six guests with up to three car seats. And that's part of the big appeal of it on property. Okay, six and, guests and three car seats. There's no room. For luggage, they. That's why with the going to the airport, they still recommend you use the check your bags at the hotel as long as you're in one of the participating airlines. So that way you can get more. I people. believe room for nine people. No, I believe that. Van? No, three six. guests, six, seven, seat seven, right? Yeah, it, up to six guests, but you can put three car seats. I see in what there. you mean. I yeah. thought you meant six guests and three car seats. In your seven and seven, that should be a, a video of six of you getting into one of those vans. Because I am sorry, there's no way that six people fit. Not without way. baby oil. It's not fun. I've done it. But I agree. And I think I first read this, I thought it was going to be complimentary to uh, folks saying club level. No. Nope. I think at some point. And it should be. Um, Give me the and price if it's back. not going to be, it sure as hell shouldn't be $150 uh, one agree. way. That's insane. That's insane. And I really hope that particular test fails miserably. I, I really hope people are not foolish enough to pay that money. There is absolutely no reason to. None. I think, None. It's I think a waste. they will, though. Like it's, the cabanas in Tomorrowland. <laughs> yeah, this is this is the new this is the new cabanas in Tomorrowland. I, I said it back then, and I'll say it again. I think some people just it will drive them wild knowing that they're going from. Well, Disney first of property. all, I don't want to be seen in that ugly ass. Well, van. a lot of you are in the minority. And then people, Jackie Gailey, Jackie Gailey well, just fell over because she loves them. I, a lot of people love them, and I bet a lot of people out there will just get that rush knowing that they're riding in a minivan going most, along okay, to the airport. Most and, of them are SUVs, too, yes, that I've seen. but the name's minivan, uh-uh, but they are I all SUVs. I drive a minivan. That's not a minivan. I've seen our minivans. I know that. I understand that. It still drives me insane. It's not a van. Most of the ones I've seen are. I've only seen SUVs. No, they're crossovers. They're crossovers. The ones I've seen, I'm just telling you, the ones I've seen are... Vans, actual minivans. No, I haven't they seen have that. They have no vans no. in there. They're no. SUVs. No, they're 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 crossovers. Yeah. Um, I agree so, with you. I was with you. Okay, I, maybe maybe they maybe they're trying that now. I don't know. Deal. But anyway, regardless, hundred and fifty dollars one way to the airport. It's a great way to get ripped off. You should go do that. Um, all right, let's go on and uh, to uh, rapid fire. I am rapid fire less. You are. So, Kevin. Ah. Uh, there is a Backstage Magic coming up. We were able to add another one for this year. It is August. I'm sorry, it's not. It's July 29th through August 3rd. It is our exclusive group. We still have some space left, but it's going quick. And the price for adults is $3,109 per person based on double occupancy. Kids under 12 are $25.99 Again, double occupancy. And single travelers are $4,349, $4,349, but that means you get your own room. John and I will not be uh, going on this trip, but Pete and Rhino at this point yep. are going. What was I supposed to call him? The Lady Clavin. Oh, the Lady Clavin is going. He will have mint juleps with you. Oh, yeah, if- well. <laughs> I also want to point out we're getting quite a few single travelers. There yeah, are. a lot of single travelers yes. in this. So if you're interested, if you're single and you're worried about traveling and you don't want to go by yourself, go with a big group. I have as fun. many f- folks booking single rooms as I have families. In. Yeah, I, I noticed that. Mm-hmm. I noticed that we had a lot of single travelers. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Also remember that dreams, uh, we always we always plus these trips. We always do special things that are not done on, on other trips. Not only that, but ABD, because we do them often. ABD does stuff for us that they don't do for other people. Yeah, it's nice. If you want to go, 
Um, I do have to admit that March 30th is your final payment date. So there's not a lot of time to pay this off. It's not one of those things that you have a year. It, because it's happening this year, there's a pretty uh, fast final payment date. But if you want to go, Kevin at Dreams Unlimited Travel. And you're going to get to see some amazing things you're not going to see anywhere else. You get to go on the Walt Disney Studio lot. You get to go uh, into uh, Imagineering. We go to the Mickey's of Glendale. Mickey's of Glendale to do shopping. Uh, you know, great behind the scenes stuff at Disneyland. Incredible VIP experience at Disneyland. So. A lot of fun. Never, never gets old doing this trip. Never gets old. So thank you, Kevin. Teresa. Egg Stravaganza and completely new scavenger hunt coming to the 2018 Flower and Garden Festival. March 16th through April 1st, guests can experience the popular Egg Stravaganza scavenger hunt hidden throughout the World Showcase. Guests can search with their friends and family for giant eggs portrayed by their friends and family for giant. Oh, blah, 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 blah. I lost my place. Um, Mickey, Minnie, Belle, Cinderella, Mike Wazowski, and Sully. Maps and stickers to track your egg extravaganza scavenger hunt are $5.99 plus tax and can be purchased at Disney Trader, Penn Central, and World Traveler. Thank you. Fun. Ms. Martin. Oh, my Disney is launching their first merchandise collection. It's going to include... Everything you could possibly buy, basically. <laughs> Pencils, journals, sticky notes, keychains, pens, apparel, and so much more. It's going to feature Disney villains, Disney princesses, and even the Lion King. Um, they do, we do, you can look at the collection at Shop Disney or at any Disney store, usually your local Disney store. But some of the items, like, so there's a Cheshire Cat keychain, which is $14.95, just to kind of give you an idea on pricing. A Bambi tote for $24.95. A really cute little aerial jacket. For forty four ninety five, so I mean, all you know, basically the same kind of pricing you would see in most of your Disney merchandise. But um, I thought that was pretty cool. I like that it's called Oh My Disney. <laughs> they have nothing. Got nothing. Got nothing for got you. Nothing. Got nothing for you. But thank you, Julie. Craig. Okay, the uh, next Star Wars Galactic Nights at Disney's Hollywood Studios is going to be May 27th. Kevin, pay attention. Uh, it is two days after Solo, a Star Wars story, comes out. So that's going to be the model, I guess, from now on. They're going to do one right after every Star Wars movie comes out. Uh, and, you know, it'll be they'll have special photo ops all around. They have the projections on Tower of Terror, the Galactic Destinations. Uh, the, they update the fireworks and the stage show that they have, and this is always the debut of it. And pricing isn't out yet. It was over $100 for the last couple ones. I'm assuming it will remain basically the same price-wise. I went to the last event, but we were invited media, so we did not pay for it. I could not. I probably would not justify paying full price for it, but I did know people who went and did, and they enjoyed it, so... Maybe, maybe not, but uh, about the only cool thing I took away from the event besides the projections was they changed Rock and Roller Coaster to Star Wars music, and that's that's awesome, but even then, I can only ride Rock and Roller Coaster once anymore before I start getting all shook up, so Aww. it's happening May 27th. All right. Thank you, Craig. Rhino. Uh, so Her Universe has just announced that they'll be expanding their collection in a new partnership with Disney. Um, the new line will include an athleisure line for kids and tweens called Our Universe. I hate that um, word. Yeah. Which one? Athleisure. 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 Um, in a statement, Disney said the deal between Disney Consumer Products and Interactive Media and Her Universe will extend beyond the lines that are currently licensed, which, uh, if you don't know, include Disney, Marvel, and Star Wars apparel, accessories, and home goods. And in the new Our Universe line, consumers can look forward to seeing uh, activewear, swimwear, footwear, and accessories. Um, and the pieces will be sold exclusively online and at Disney stores, not at your local Hot Topic. Um, but the first wave of the collection is inspired by Marvel Entertainment's Black Panther and Disney Princesses with a Star Wars line coming soon for kids, tweens, and adults. And uh, pieces uh, include leggings, sweatpants, zip-up hoodies, headbands, whatnot. Uh, her universe makes some cool stuff. Ashley Eckstein is a nice lady. I've met her before a couple times. She's the one who started this. She's the voice of Ashoka Tano in the Star Wars Clone Wars, one of your favorite shows, right? It is. Yeah. I have it on DVD. Uh, yeah, I thought so. Um, at Red, I got it at Redbox. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's at Redbox. But it's cool. All right. 
Thank you, Rhino. Uh, before we wrap up, let's just, uh, I want to talk about this, uh, this, the odd story uh, from, well, it was yesterday, right? That we yeah. started seeing it. Um, Ursula's head on Voyage of the Little Mermaid um, in, Disney, in California Adventure out in Disneyland fell off. There's a ton of pictures. During the With, ride? During the ride, there's video and pictures of Ursula's head kind of hanging and dangling. Um, and then out in Disneyland Paris, the head of Captain Jack Sparrow on Pirates. It's actually the auctioneer. Oh, the, is it the auctioneer? auctioneer I, thought it was, I thought it was Jack Sparrow. Auctioneer. The auctioneer um, in Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, and it's really- same thing. And it's like... <laughs> It looks just like what happened to Ursula. It's like the head is dangling by wires, like all the way down. That to. would certainly make it more exciting, wouldn't it? If they what? started popping. <laughs> so I, I, you know, the first thing that went through my mind is this: just coincidence, or is this? No, I don't think it's like a conspiracy. Yes, or something. I don't think it's a conspiracy. I don't think they've become like. Sentient and okay, <laughs> the rise of the machines. Yeah. It's Westworld, um, but or is this? It, it, does this indicate that possibly there are maintenance issues? Uh, Years ago, Bob and I. Well, this tells you how long ago we did it. Um, the the tour, the big tour. We, I backstage the, magic. The backstage magic tour here in Orlando, and one of the things you did was you got to go to, into the Imagineering shop, and. The gentleman who was talking to us was nearing retirement, and he said they're finding it very, very hard to find people who are interested in that line of work because it's very specialized, and that the Imagineers that deal with audio animatronics are aging out, and that Disney is asking them not to retire. That is got to be 10-year-old information, but I don't know if that's part of it. Maybe that, you know, they're just... You look at the pictures yeah. of it. Yeah, it's kind of scary, isn't it? It's kind of freaky. It makes me think of Dumb and Dumber. Our pets' heads are falling off. <laughs> I've been saying that all morning. <laughs> That's what somebody just said in the chat too. I just keep thinking. So, Craig, what do you think? <laughs> uh, like everything, as of late, uh, while I I don't think as dramatic as heads falling off <laughs> happens quite often. I mean, it's just, we are in the age of social media where you can't. Yeah, but we've been in the age of social media for a while and we haven't seen. But no, it's it's gone beyond where people who maybe only have 10 followers can all of a sudden end up making a giant impact with one little photo they point out. That wasn't that wasn't three years ago on social yeah. media. If you didn't have a big fan base, stuff would just be completely hidden. Now it's just these things are getting spread out there more and more and more. And I mean, the thing is, it also comes down to cast members. And if this goes to Universal to team members, I, I know when I worked there, there was always a cast member uh, on Test Track, basically one that rode about every half an hour or so. And if there was ever anything wrong, you report it right away. And because it all goes back to your point system. If a ride has so many points, you might have to shut down, shut down operation or you can't operate at all. And How many points so is a head hanging? I, that, that would be, <laughs> an be a lot of points. That's a million. I'm that would her be a spinal column right is away. hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go back to what you said about social media. I understand what you're saying because now it's really everyone's instantaneous and everyone's putting stuff out. Having been around the boards, though, for 20 years, we would have read on the boards that somebody was on a ride and a head fell off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it would have been. I came back from the, my vacation, but and would not believe. We've what also I been saw. around. We've also been around enough to know that sometimes things are just coincidence. So this could just be coincidence that this happened. One in California, one in Paris. Um, it's the rise and of the I, machine. Sorry, I do want to say too that you have to think about the animatronics. This is happening with too Ursula, and this is the redone auctioneer. Uh, that they Disneyland Paris already went through their change of scene. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming they upgraded the auctioneer to the latest kind of like Ursula is. These attraction, these animatronics are so technologically advanced. Their movements 
are there's a lot and they are so realistic with their movement i can imagine just they break down a lot easier they're well this isn't a breakdown this is a this is a major malfunction i would imagine on the checklist make sure head don't fall off should be number one (laughs) and i mean make sure head don't fall yep that's what it says right on the maintenance list check make sure head don't fall off that's on my list every day (laughs) really it's on my list too. Remember, there was a problem with Mr. Lincoln, and he would—he developed an oil leak in his pants. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Lincoln. Was that I, I, I missed that in history. Yeah. Well, not the uh, real Mr. I Lincoln. No, I understand. <laughs> I don't know about him though. He had issues. So, I don't know. I it just I just thought it was funny that their heads happened. are falling off. Yeah, you know, we had two viral posts. Same time, same week, same, same day, same pretty day. much. They started coming out uh, yesterday. On the same day, we Steve saw. State. Did same. one maybe? I, I don't know. Is this the other one? Yeah. I'm going to snatch my head off today. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. I, I just thought it was interesting. I don't know. Like right now, I'm I'm willing to chalk it up to coincidence. I kind of agree. If the weekends, if the weekends, and there's another one. <laughs> Now it's a conspiracy. <laughs> right. Now, now we need a Terminator. Turn, yeah. <laughs> turn in all your Bitcoins. It's the end of the world. All right. That is going to do it for our show for this week. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you again next Tuesday with another edition of the Diz Unplugged. Thanks for being with us, everyone. And remember, stay out of the damn lakes. Have a great week.